What's up, sluts, losers, and everything in between? It's me, your fairy god Pisces, Tony Marie, stopping by with another episode of Get In Loser, where we continue to dish out advice that we don't really take ourselves. Today, the boy, the lady's gonna cancel me for this one today, to be quite honest. But the day that I recorded this is actually the day after International Men's Day. And to celebrate our kings, I've decided that today, on today's episode, we're going to take our L <laughs> as women. We're, we're going to take our L and we're going to step back and look at a man's perspective and explore how men suffer in silence and explore how men's mental health has been taken advantage of. And we're going to apologize for, to them a little bit. We're not going to simp. Trust me, I'm not here to simp. And I'm not here, it's not here to be a man-hating video either. I do that enough in my own time. I'm just here to hold ourselves accountable. And on today's podcast, I have two very special guests. They're much more special than all the other guests that I've had before. I was lying when I said they were special guests. These two women are my sisters, bro. You know, they're my soulmates. And they are here to hold themselves accountable. And we're here to have a discussion on men's mental health and how women have perpetrated or even played a part in worsening the effects of misogyny, you know, sexism and homophobia in our own unique ways. So let me introduce them. They are Cheryl and Alyssa. So please introduce yourself, guys. Hey, I'm Alyssa. (laughs) (laughs) I am Cheryl. All right, totally normal and natural. So let's just jump right into it. So we always talking, we're always talking some shit. But Mostly about men. Yeah, we, we always talking some shit now, boy. But honestly, today is something, a topic that we, even though we talk about, we don't really like zero in on it. And I want to hear a little bit from you guys. What is like your take on men's mental health? Honestly. Like, your honest opinion. Unsolicited. All right, well. Men's mental health. Why? (laughs) This is a topic where I feel like we all should have this discussion, both men and women, you know what I mean? We need to all have a discussion on this. I am not a man. So I can't really, truly reflect. I could try to. I could try to sympathize. I could try to understand. But I'm not a man. I Mm -hmm. can never truly understand. But I will try. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's only fear. Because all the time, we just want people to, like, consider us women and appreciate us and all these things. Like, you have a lot of these holidays and stuff like that with the cancer day and you have mother's day yeah all, all these female they more like valentine's yeah, like dedications days, to days women to, to women and when it comes to men my brother said the other day he did like boy nobody ain't wish me no happy uh, men's day nothing boys Boys. yeah he said like he was feeling our home now and i was there like I hear Tony Radio, but I was like, oh God, I forget. I didn't really take it on like that. <laughs> like, maybe I should really be honest. I I wasn't really taking it on because I was kind of doing something in the moment here and it's in your, on your radio, two and plus two. I kind of forgetful, so. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that. But it really has to have a serious, like, discussion, discussion yeah. with this. And we really need to listen to our men, the good men, the, the men that really want to try, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's an interesting you point he made. Yeah. yeah. We need to listen to them. We need to sit down and listen to understand them because just like how we want our men to understand us and mm-hmm. grasp where we're coming from, we should also take the time to understand them as well. Mm-hmm. Like one, I feel like one perfect def, um, like almost ex- good example of this is that understanding that men get hurt too yeah like for example like the johnny depp situation oh boy she 
to come and find out that because I was one of those two where I was like behind the girl and I was like, oh God, boy, Johnny Depp. I did like, how you got do she that now? was saying that at first because we didn't have the details that we have now. Yeah. But now that everything came to light and now that he actually lost his libel lawsuit, everyone wants to cancel Amber Heard. But she still has her role and Johnny Depp is still cast out in the movie. And you see, like, women too are, you know, we're going to touch on this more into the episode, but I feel like in certain um, roles, women most definitely are protected species mm-hmm. in of certain course, things, especially when it comes to mental health or uh, crimes against women. We are a protected species. Yep. And the case and problem with that is it creates a gender bias within men because mm-hmm. it is perceived that women cannot be perpetrators or perceive a uh, perpetrator role against our men, but we can. Mm-hmm. So to just yeah. really go into it, According to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, men died by suicide at a rate of 3.5% higher than women in 2017. And as early as 2019, it was observed that every four days, someone dies by suicide in Trinidad and Tobago. And according to the World Health Organization, Trinidad has the third highest suicide rate regionally behind uh, Suriname and Guyana. According to the president of Trinidad and Tobago's Association of Psychologists, Dr. Katija Khan, it is our male population that seems to be most at risk. Guyana is leading the world right now, actually, in male suicide rates at the time that this study was conducted. Mental Health America reports that 6 million men are affected in the U.S. every single year and that depression and suicide are ranked as the leading cause of death among men. And yet they're still far less likely to seek mental health treatment than women. And I think part of this may be a macho thing, right? A lot of guys don't want to admit that they have this problem because they still see depression as a sign of weakness. Mm. And this was actually a quote from uh, Dr. Raymond Hobbs, who is a physician. He said, a lot of guys, you know, it's clear that this type of thinking is outdated but yeah for sure but it points out that a lot of people don't look at it this way and instead they still see mental health struggles as a personal issue and as a lack of strength and because of that a lot of men are struggling with admitting that they may need help so it really comes down to the way males are brought up the way we're taught to be uh they were taught to be uh strong and quiet and in the model, the actual model of masculinity and gender studies, uh, this, the actual makeup of it might be why more men are likely to underreport symptoms of depression. If men are less willing to ask for help, they will continue to experience symptoms contributing to depression. And when people aren't embracing healthy coping mechanisms to deal with issues of mental health, they may turn to alcohol and drugs as a way to numb the pain, you know? So. And we as women, we really do perpetuate that whole, if you show emotions, you're weak, you're, you're a pussy. You're, you're a, a bitch. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Toaster. <laughs> what because our society, men are considered useful or valuable due to, to what they can contribute yeah. financially. For sure. We don't look at men as human beings with emotions. And by extension, they don't look at themselves as mm. emotional beings. So when they feel these emotions, what do they do? They repress them. They mm. bottle them up. And when you bottle up, of course, it will come out in a different, more dangerous way. You could obviously have a lot of really bad repercussions to this and i think that men's mental health the whole issue has really just been swept under the rug for so long because as you said women are just everything is about women yeah everything is about your cross but we have long come to this realization that men's mental health is so starkly different from women's own and but the cry it seems to fall on deaf ears when we ask ourselves now where as a society did we go wrong when it came to raising our men? 
So where did we go wrong? I think one of the ways could possibly be possibly feminism to mm-hmm. extent because like every movement, every wave, anything in general, it has consequences. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think we understand to an extent that the feminism now, like the feminism that I see now, and I see like the Americans kind of want to jump on the wagon and perpetuate and stuff like that, is not the feminism that originally people was fighting for. Like the yeah. point that it was yeah, supposed it's to... Yeah, deluded. Yeah. The point was to, was to, I guess, equalize, even though I don't like that word, because mm-hmm. I do not believe that both of us as sexes will ever be equal. We will never be. We are unique and we are different and have superior, inferior, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things to both of us that contribute and come together and contribute to something whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I would say feminism would be kind of a consequence to that because how can I say this? In terms of like gender roles, for example, like now more than ever, we live in the age of the independent woman and stuff like that, you know what I mean? What is, I, I've been online and I've been watching videos and I've seen like men, they like, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, well, hey, depend on they take care of kids and stuff like that. <laughs> I just did. Yeah. I just did. I just did. I, I just did. I really had nothing for you to do. <laughs> and <laughs> I just take it up space. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's almost like a loss of the rules almost. And in some cases... I feel like as women, sometimes we tend to be pushy and kind of obnoxious with the role because we they like, I independent. I work in for my money. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I don't need you for shit. We ready to, we ready to pop off that. We ready to go on our whole one thing like that. And I feel like, Tyson, I feel like we kind of lost the essence of what we really we went into this movement for, kind of, because sometimes to an extent I kind of getting like I've been watching these videos and at first I was like what are you talking about <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> like, it's just like a one-sided kind of thing you know and then I mm-hmm. sit down and I really watch more videos and I saw and I saw I was like oh yeah you see where he's coming from coming from I was like it kind of coming off like we're trying to be better and we're trying to be the the ones that we we say for the longest while was the oppressors and stuff like that we also turn it into the oppressors ourselves. A little bit, yeah. And you guys, um, not yeah. to cut your cross, but you remember yeah. that, uh, that Gillette commercial that came out last year? It was like, it was mm-hmm. real popular. Okay. It was basically like pandering into their slogan. Gillette's slogan is the best men can be. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I just to, like quickly, like jog your memory. Um, the commercial was about razors, but it was also a form of social justice like encouraging men to stop buying into toxic masculinity and um patriarchal norms so in the commercial like it depicted men holding other men accountable for certain things when they were for example like we say like catcalling women um it also like showed men being just like in supportive father rules which i guess is not something that you see a lot these days uh, men disciplining their children but in healthy ways and being good husbands and um it also um rejected like the age old saying which is boys will be boys overall it was it was a pretty dope commercial and it got a lot of positive feedback i want to pull that commercial out of context for the sake of today's episode a bit and show the flip side of that which would actually be harmful towards men and the flip side comes in the form of vilifying all men Mm-hmm. based on the actions yep. of a select few in addition to which the misuse of you know these popular buzzwords that feminists have adopted and in fact no i'm not going to say feminists i'm going to say all women have adopted terms such as toxic masculinity oh, one misogyny gaslighting two and victim blaming just to name a few and misogyny as well 
that we have women have adopted into our vocabulary, but we don't fully understand at times the gravity of its meaning and how harmful it could be to our male counterparts in the long run. So let's spearhead the Gillette commercial for a second and let's examine it from a male perspective. So conversations actually have been started around this commercial and it seems from what I read that many men felt personally attacked by the concept of the commercial. And from their perspective, it seemed as if Gillette, as well as the rest of the world, were picking on good men. It seems like good men can't walk around freely without feeling inherently bad for having a scrotum. <laughs> because when women, you know, when we as women, we call out or we lambaste our men on bad behavior, oftentimes the picture is painted in this way to seem as if all men are our oppressors and that all men are the reason for our failed relationships, our daddy issues, our low self-esteem. And that simply is not the case. And it becomes tiresome for men to be portrayed as a villain at all times. And even in trying to defend themselves, you know, from gender-based attacks, men still end up in a lose-lose situation. Because it comes across as if they're defending their quote-unquote toxic behaviors or that they're gaslighting. But there's nothing inherently toxic with being a man. The trouble comes from the assignment of the word toxic to any particular gender. So perhaps we need to rethink the term toxic masculinity as the definition is like it's easily expanded to offend people. I think it's misused in a lot of contexts as well. People just throw around these words and don't really know what they mean. Yeah. yeah. And don't really know the context in which to use them. And that in itself is really harmful because mm. you, you can't just create new meanings of these terms. Exactly. Especially so- when they have the effects that they do on our men. Yeah. And don't use it in your favor either because it's almost like you're trying to manipulate and intentionally harm even when sometimes you can you might hurt the person and all too, you might hurt men like unconsciously and all too. You know what I mean? You even realize it. They, they might they, not even realize it. They yeah. kinda programming. It, it programming too in the ads and all too, you know what I mean? It just it just reach a point I feel like feminism, I feel like to me can't reach that point where it just but Alyssa, I don't, I don't think it's feminism. I don't think it's, I genuinely don't think it's feminism. No, I, I, don't I, don't think, want... I don't think it's feminism alone. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it contributes part, yeah. partially. For the, sake yeah. of this, for the sake of today's episode, I'm not going to say feminist. Because you know why? Men don't like that term. It, oh, yeah. it is associated <laughs> with... certain feminists. It's associated with bitches. Yeah. I'm being real. It's associated yeah. with bitches. And I'm not saying that a feminist is a bitch. Right? However, they've gotten... Does. They've gotten very derogatory names and I'm not here to put blame on any particular group of persons, right? It's not okay. I'm here to say that we as women must hold ourselves accountable because toxicity doesn't belong to any gender any more than it can be exclusively assigned to skin color. In fact, women are often the drivers of exactly the type of behaviors that we label as toxic in males. Let me expand on that. Evolutionary psychology. I don't even need to explain this to you. Everybody in this, ro- in this room got degrees, bro. Evolutionary psychology explains the process of mate selection between males and females and deduces it back to its most primary and animalistic instincts. We learned that in school together. You choose a mate based on your chances of survival with that mate. And women today demonstrate the exact same preferences for their sexual partners as their ancestors did. In short, we want protectors. Women are generally more attracted to males with higher testosterone levels or who display like the strong stoic characteristic. Big dick. Yeah, <laughs> long, long. You know they display the strong mm. or stoic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, back to back on topic. Back on topic. You know, they display uh, strong stoic characteristics with which make them appear that they have their shit under control, basically. And they essentially, like, yeah, possess leadership qualities. But Leave the beaters behind. Oh, God! <laughs> Back <Jesus>. to topic. <laughs> but ironically enough, you know, our preferences for the types of men we want may actually be the reason why we are cultivating the behavior in men that we are so quick to label as toxic masculinity. Really speaking facts. Yeah, you. Mm. What? <laughs> but what about toxic femininity? What do we do to one another as women? When we I... Just, yeah, we just criticize... We always quick to criticize. Not even to each other's faces, but to other people. Sometimes, no. Sometimes some of them bold enough and then, and you're doing that all in favor to be a pick me. But I digress. There's on us situation. <laughs> For real? For real? When I'm scrolling through social media, I, I notice all the ways in which it makes me feel inadequate. And this is why I despise it. You know, the Instagram bodies with the perfect glowing skin, the bodies, the shiny hair, the makeup always on point. You kind of have to stop. You, you know, you have shiny to... Shiny hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to stop and you have to remove yourself from the female experience no, sometimes. You do. you do. Because you realize, you know, it's the equivalent of males flexing on each other. It is. Mm. And really, what is that doing for our mental health? Yeah. Us? And what is it doing, sorry, but yeah, for yeah, the yeah. standards at which men hold us to? Because these are unrealistic bodies. And people always post the positives on their social media, creating yep. a very false sense of reality. Mm-hmm. And not everyone can deduce that. A lot of people get caught up in the whole illusion of everything. Mm-hmm. And then they begin to hold these standards that no one can really reach or accomplish. But... You know, today and about us. Yes. The idea that I have to meet, you know, we as women have to meet some standard of perfection in order to be feminine is a toxic formula, yes. But perhaps it is the same formula that we assign to men in order to be seen as masculine, right? And that's not just women doing it to men, that's men doing it to other men. That's true. Yep. That's true. Exactly. Especially here, you hear men telling each other, well, I, I observe relation, relationships between men, and I realize that it's always just shit talk. And well, girl, we're going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing substantial. It's nothing real. Men can't talk to each other. Surface level, surface level macho conversation. <laughs> no, men can't talk to each other about their emotions because they're going to get clowned. Yeah, we will we will get back to that. We will swing it back in that direction just now. But the reality of it, <laughs> we have a man in this room and he's so offended he's right so now. Offended. I'm sorry. Clutching the invisible clothes. <laughs> but the reality of it is, believe it or not, gender roles hurt men too. You know, many psychologists who study gender advocate for parents to be more gender free when they teach their children how to be good people. Yes. You know, in particular, they emphasize how girls are likely to be socialized in a way where we are more submissive and dependent, while boys are raised as tough, courageous, or independent. However, as women, we, are, we need to realize that we are given a license to be able to express our emotions and to be vulnerable with our friends. And a lot of the times, men aren't awarded that same privilege exactly. in a way it may seem ridiculous to have such gal conversations with your brethren. Furthermore, when a man who expresses anxiety or depression, they may get ridiculed. Some psychologists who counsel fathers have discovered some emotional issues to their parenting styles as well. While they may agree that their son should be allowed, you know, to express their feelings. The conversation itself is very uncomfortable when they actually do express their feelings and they would rather not have the conversation. It's awkward. Additionally, they realize that it doesn't matter if their son doesn't show interest or sp- in sports or is creative and artistic. They may express that outwardly, but they still seem to worry that their son might be gay. 
And it seems that many fathers have anxieties. <laughs> the assumption. No, always, sorry. It's, no, it it's really always it comes back it's to like, that. It's just so crazy. Like, he's an artist or he's a, he's a fussy man. Like, you know, it's like, bro, it seems that fathers have anxieties. A girly boy. Yeah, a girly boy. You know, they have anxieties about having a son that isn't masculine. Because they feel as if they haven't done their job properly, which to me makes no sense. That I'm here to say sense. that's utter bullshit. So what do you guys think about that? Mm, bullshit, of course. Of course. <laughs> no doubt about that. Bullshit. <laughs> Let me zero in on how these norms can damage men's psychological well-being. Masculine norms are typically learned through policing, fear-based learning. For example... Parents invalidating their son's feelings and instead telling them a man up. This in turn can bring about an increase in risk-taking behaviors because it's assumed that as a man, you're indestructible. You could do anything. And that could range from things as extreme as doing stunt practices purposefully to endanger their life for the fun of it. We all know at least one gas brain, at least one car man. Who yes. just always doing the most. I know you're going to call him name. <laughs> <laughs> or even something as simple as... You, you ever realize, like, men don't like to wear proper PPE when they're doing, like, manly jobs? Like, we say welding. You see yeah, a man like doing mask welding? and stuff, yeah. Man don't have on no goggles. No, no mask. And when you ask no him why he have on no goggles? Yeah, I, I all right, man. I all right. <laughs> I have this thing here under control. control. Oh. I'm like, do you do really? You Five minutes later, he's a very bad I'm like, you see a man out in the rain and he has no umbrella. You're like, hey, you want a little shelter? Nah, oh, nah, nah. God. I cool. I's a man. He's a big man. I'm like, suddenly because you turn like what 18 and you turn a big man, you're supposed to be waterproof or some shit. Like, I'm I don't sorry. understand. Like, I didn't really take know. the umbrella. <laughs> Just take the umbrella. And you know, all of this falls under the guise of being macho and being this tough personality and, you know, being a so-called man. But really, all this gender socialization does is just predispose men to engaging in self-damaging or even suicidal behaviors. In other words, you know, men who are overly constricted by their gender and have a fear of not being masculine enough are more likely to release the tension of their repressed hurt in very negative ways. Men who have accepted this narrow definition of what it means to be a man can find it very harmful to them mentally. And fathers of young boys may also want to transmit those narrow gender definitions to them and to the following generation after that. And it is high time that all people are relieved of this burden of the construct of gender. And we need to teach our children to value and express the best characteristics of both genders. We need to strive to be better human beings and give each other a fucking ease up because it's focusing <laughs> only on the harm done by men and the insecurities harbored by men actually ignores the bigger issue. The problem, ladies, was never just masculinity. The problem is inflexible gender roles for both men and women alike. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's... Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about how the patriarchy plays into this. Cheryl, any thoughts? Ah, yes. You know how I feel about the patriarchy. My hands. Ew! I think the patriarchy, it's easy to mistake the patriarchy as like a code for men. It really is. I think people tend to use it synonymously, but it's really not a synonymous term for mm -hmm. men. Patriarchy speaks to oppression. And I mean, going back to Alyssa's point about feminism, um, feminism was first created as a way to to free ourselves from this oppression that is created by males because they initially had a lot of privileges that mm -hmm. we didn't have legally. I think that the patriarchy 
it it's difficult sometimes to distinguish where the patriarchy is and where gender is again. Mm. True. True. Yeah, because mm. it, even though the patriarchy does um, fall into the definition of being a male-dominated and a male-centered society, both men and women participate in it. Exactly. And yeah. both men and women can benefit from it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? Just as both men and women can be oppressed by it, the, this type of society creates power differences between men and women. And a prime example of how the invisible forces of the patriarchy go hand in hand is back, coming back to the term toxic masculinity and how it invisibly develops from boyhood into adulthood. Telling boys that they shouldn't show their emotions because they are men. And that could result in a child suppressing his emotions for his entire life from the man. So how do we mm. then restructure what being a man is? And beyond just that, it affects your intimate relationships as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Woo. Everything in effect. <laughs> every aspect of your life, every cornerstone of your life. Because you have been invalidated in your childhood. If I were to ask my male viewers... What makes a man a man? I'm pretty certain that the answers I would get wouldn't really differ that much in meaning. Because very early in a man's life, they have to learn that there's a very singular version of how a man should think, how a man should act, how they should feel, and how they should communicate. And the problem with this limited scope of expressing masculinity is that it actually keeps the patriarchy working. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. In a relationship, men now must take on this responsibility of undoing the imbalance of a patriarchy and suddenly letting go of the gender roles that they have been conditioned to learn their entire lives. It could be as simple as taking on the bulk of the housework which has been typically associated as quote-unquote women's work. But maybe you prefer to do housework because your girl can't cook. (laughs) (laughs) So you decide to handle dinner instead. Yeah, maybe you're a boar chef. But with regards to your actual partner, issues of gender socialization can also present itself in expectations of communication. Because oftentimes, men have been raised to follow certain scripts when it comes to showing vulnerability and open communication in relationships. And in a patriarchal society, showing no emotion is strength. But this, in turn, undermines the male experience and it panders to the female experience, where we end up expending too much emotional output into the relationship while our male counterpart expends too little. Let me say that again. This... (laughs) Ends up mm. pandering into the female experience. We put in too much mm-hmm. to men. We pour into men, emotionally unavailable men. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not their fault that they're emotionally unavailable. Our male counterpart has been conditioned this way. You know, a growing concern among male clients in therapy is actually feelings of isolation. Despite having other male friends. The problem with isolation is directly connected to the patriarchy. And its effect that it has on men's relationships with other men. They seem overly reluctant to open up to themselves fully. Because they fear being vulnerable. And the fear of being vulnerable with other men is actually the fear of being perceived as unmanly. And... We can see that based on the dialogue that both men and women use amongst our own genders. 
as I said, the women who are sitting with me are my sisters and we have been through hell and back together. So if them ask me, hey, Tony, what's, what's the problem? And I just, they like, cut off my head right now. Put it on a stick, shove it up my ass. I just, <laughs> I, I just not fucking with life right now. They go, I'm like, hmm. Big mood. Something's wrong here. <laughs> Something's not quite right. And then eight hours later of unnecessary venting about six drink and two smoke later. <laughs> everything's all good, you know? Like, everything's back to normal. I feel fine. This is fine. <laughs> and, you know, to me, this is what makes our friendship so valuable. The fact that we could have open communication and we can have vulnerability with each other and vent and feel better afterwards. But I realize that this is not the type of relationship that a lot of men have with other men. You know, I find the scripts that men use to communicate with each other so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> it is, it's very amusing to me. Like, for example, a guy will see like his acquaintance, his other male acquaintance after a long time. Conversation typically goes like this. Redo! <laughs> Oh my brother! <laughs> Redo responds, of course. Ratty dies. You what? Where's he see my oh, brother? Ratty. Oh, my brother. Ratty responds, just cool, humble. You know the settings. Don't know. He's like, yeah, man. Blessings, respect, right? And they both give each other a mutual <laughs> touch. <laughs> they must have like a mutual touch, a like a little, on the back. yeah, like a little elbow to elbow touch. Like that's real popular. And then they go their separate ways. Wow. <laughs> that is the conversation. That was a lot of words to say absolutely nothing. Of course, <laughs> just cool, humble. You don't know the settings, and that is it. But you know, that's just your acquaintance dialogue. You know, if they're actually really good friends and they remain in each other's company for like a longer period of time, they will deepen the little surface level conversation to talk about, you know, game, sports, car. No, no, actually, no, not girl problems. Not girl problems at all. all. You're wrong about that one day. Game, (laughs) sports, cars, (laughs) hobbies, a new business venture, possibly a pyramid scheme, (laughs) money, right? Money. They might talk about girl, but real briefly. They might yes. talk about beating a thing. You know, they, they're, talking, they're talking to this girl. Right. Real failure with she. Yeah. <laughs> you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> but for a lot of men, this sort of dialogue, you know, these sorts of scripts, they never branch out past the surface level. And this normalizes men not being able to express their feelings or vent it openly about certain issues that they may be struggling with with other men, even their closest friends. I Sometimes I hear things like, yeah, well, that's my dog, eh? but Ratty's a big man too, and he can't be getting on, so. Or, eh, I's not the man girl, you know, so I don't know why I'm supposed to do for that. Oh my God, that's really sad. Like, I hear those things. I hear those things often. I have a lot of male friends, and these, they're not taking into account that these statements are actually very dismissive to your friend's feelings and not wanting to encourage your friend to communicate openly with his struggles is actually really a projection of your own unwillingness to be vulnerable with yourself. That's actually what I was just going to say. Isn't that just a reflection of how, how much you're not in touch with yourself emotionally? Yeah, for sure. Sigmund Freud in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so how can we change these scripts? Like, how can we encourage our men to be more vulnerable with each other because you know again this is a room full of women having a discussion on how we observe that we as women need to take accountability for the fact that we do play into the suffering of a male's experience but i think that as a woman i can't tell a man how to act because he will think that for me for him personally that's not my gal and she don't need to she don't need to tell me how to be how to behave. You know Even what I mean? if you are the person's girlfriend, like, they're not going to listen to you. Yeah. It's yeah, not that simple. Exactly. I think it's really a gender thing. Even if it's your relatives and all too, like, female relatives, they, they still wouldn't listen to you. I could relate because I will talk to my brothers about certain things and then they will talk to their male friends like how much months or days, weeks, wherever after and they'll be like, 
you know what I realized? I realized this and that. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. they like, I did like, didn't I tell you this about months ago? But then, then again, I was really like, well, why is the less emotional species wow. after part of the species? So I, I guess. <laughs> Contributing to the problem. We are loving men here today. <laughs> no, I just I, I will <laughs> not stand for slander <laughs> against my boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean slander. They like well, at least he come to the realization. You know what I mean? So I'm glad for that. It's just that it's just kind of sad way they like. Well, I kind of tell you. You know what I mean? But at the same time. You can't force anything. Yeah, you, know you can't I mean? force that interaction because to them, it's like no matter how many times you say it or try to encourage them to just be open or be themselves and openly communicate, they're never going to do that if they don't want to. Just yeah. because that they think that we have such a starkly different experience from them, which we do. After you know, after doing this research, I've realized we do. We do have starkly different experiences when it comes to mental health, especially and psychological well-being. I'm not going to sit here and tell a man how to act, but I can encourage men to have these conversations with other men, right? Open up to your brethren. And one other thing is that we as women need to stop penalizing good men mm-hmm. for good behavior exactly mm-hmm. and exactly. celebrate men who actually engage in positive behaviors so it can be reproduced <laughs> the man in the room is laughing right now <laughs> yo i cannot believe this <laughs> wanting gender equality and actually fully understanding that it goes both ways is two different things we need to forego what the idea of what a man is and what a man should be because this will create the type of environment that we need for men and women to both thrive in. And one of the major gender-based stereotypes that we grow our men up in is to internalize that showing emotion is a sign of weakness. Let me be real. The word vulnerability, just me saying this, any male listener is cringing. cringing. They're cringing. Mm-hmm. It repels men. The word repels men. It really does. It's mm-hmm. like they just have a mental block. Yeah, because by definition, you know, it means to be capable of or being susceptible to being wounded or hurt. And that is exactly how most men see it. And you know, when some men are vulnerable and they do put themselves out there, women will turn around and use it against them. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of female perpetrators in relationship aspects, in family aspects, even in friendship, honestly. There's a lot of female gaslighting. And this is why men hold up a shield and don't show their true vulnerability. Instead, they try to overcompensate and be the loudest person in the room for God knows why. Or take up absurd hobbies that end up absorbing most of their time so that they could avoid thinking. And the age-old ideology that men are supposed to suffer in silence it manifests now into their romantic relationships. And you find that the biggest complaint from women is that their partner is not vulnerable. Oh, girl, see that again? <laughs> <laughs> you find that the biggest complaint from women is that their partner is not vulnerable. And this, this has difficulty, you know, he has difficulty communicating and expressing myself. So again, to my male listeners, I want you to take a moment and think about your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, your female friend, your ex, any woman in your life who has ever expressed to you that they find it difficult to communicate with you or that it's hard to get through with you. Because chances are there's at least one woman that has expressed that to every man. And you didn't understand why she, oh, she's just emotional, you know? She's just in her feelings. But vulnerability isn't just talking about your feelings. It's about showing your true self. And practicing vulnerability isn't something that you do for others. You're not, quote unquote, giving in to anybody or doing anyone any favors. You are doing this for you. You're raising your potential because without it, it creates a disconnect. Not only with others, 
but with yourself. So how do we practice vulnerability now if we've been denied this for our entire lives? Ask for help. The most powerful thing you can do and the simplest thing you can do is ask for help. When the pain arises, instead of dismissing it, admit to yourself or to another person that you are struggling with something. And you will find that those who care about you, I'm going to say that again, you will find that those who care about you will respond in a way that brings you two much closer together, right? I don't mean that in a sissy way. I don't mean that in any sort of way. It just brings you, it deepens the bond, it deepens that level of trust, it deepens that camaraderie. The next thing you can do with this person is admit that there is a problem. You know, this moves one step further from asking for help. Acknowledging the problem. Exactly. It's the acceptance, yeah? Mm -hmm. The acknowledgement of our feelings for what they are. Not bottling them up inside and denying that this exists. It's so important, men, to be in touch with yourselves and to share it with others because it makes us live a more authentic life. The third thing you could do is express your intention with this conversation. Express what you would like to gain by being vulnerable with this other person. You know, it might just be some brotherly advice that you're seeking. You might just want some insight or a second opinion. Or you may just want some support and some empathy from that other person. Nothing's wrong with that, you know. Set your intention from the start of the conversation so that this person knows how to react, right? Express to them what you need so that you can avoid being ridiculed or you can avoid um, having a conflict with this other person. And if the connection you have, again, is with this other person is genuine and true, I want to express that so much and emphasize that so much. You should not ever receive backlash or exactly. scrutiny yes. for expressing how you feel. Always remember that. <laughs> that was a real inside joke, sorry. Talk your mind. Talk your mind. Be it's important to be honest about showing your real selves. Our friendships and relationships should be a space in which we aren't afraid to say what we really think. Of course, this doesn't mean you need to come across as insensitive or hurtful to the other person, right? But it does mean offering, you know, an authentic exchange. We are all human. We are all flawed. But remembering that can help us have more meaningful and honest conversations. Be present. Be mindful in the conversation. Part of vulnerability is being in the moment with the other person. If we listen only to the inner critic, to the egoic mind, or we spend too much time in our heads, we will miss out. I'm not telling you to hold your brethren hand and look him deeply in the eye and start crying. I mean, if you want to do that, bro, like, that's on you, right? That's your call. I'm not We've all yeah, wanted yeah, to we, hold our brethren's hand and cry sometimes. Honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It'd be like that. It'd be like that. It does be like that. But don't be afraid to get emotional. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And it's nice to see. Yeah. If you do that, like, you're going to have them moments, you know? You know what I mean? You're going to have them moments. Sometimes life is rough, man. Yes. Very rough. <laughs> <laughs> A true soldier. <laughs> A true testimonial. <laughs> but... Don't be afraid. Like having vulnerable vulnerable conversations does bring out anger. It does bring out pain. It brings mm -hmm. out hurt. And whoever you decide to open up to, just know that it's okay to let your guard down sometimes. Yeah. You're not weak. You're just releasing pain. Pain that has been pent up within you and it needs to be let go of because you've been holding on to it. It makes mm -hmm. you stronger for it as well. Most mentally definitely. stronger. Most definitely. Oh, I love a mentally strong man. Mm, I stand. Big oh. <laughs> No, that's big energy with all the big dick physically. Like, imagine, like, it has, I, I remember it had, it was somebody status, dog. Like, it's somebody saying the caption, like, it had Rihanna crying, and they're like, 
Your booty emitting big dick energy and he ain't no big dick. And, <laughs> and I was like, yes. Oh my God. We support dicks of all sizes on this podcast. All dicks matter. All dicks matter. Of but course. moving oh. <laughs> moving back to men. <laughs> and not just what they have. <laughs> Terry Crews, a coon. Once oh said, I agree. I agree with this. I agree with you, honorable member. <laughs> oh my god, Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Anyways, forget Terry Crews. Okay. A man, nah, nah, man. a man once said, men need to hold other men accountable and confront other men for sexism, mm-hmm. bias harassment, and all manner of inappropriate behavior. Mm, And this could be the hardest part of male friendship. True. Because, but it's also very essential. Yep. You see, when women call out other men on bad behavior, we are are often, you know, negatively evaluated with the bitch in the the equation. We just get gas light or or you stop that. Well, sorry, from experience, I just get gaslit. I yeah, just, all of a sudden, the argument between, I talking about your antics, end up by my antics now. I was For like, real? was always the problem. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> when what did I s- become the problem? <laughs> what kind of switches this and I, when I realized that, honestly, or it starts from the homeboy, I'm not going to lie. And sometimes we are, we are parents, especially your mother, sorry to say, Sometimes, yeah, I had to critique the mother parenting sometimes because it starts with the mother. You, I'm not gonna lie. You're right. Like, because you in my right. household, I don't reveal too much, but. Oh, but <laughs> <laughs> always on this podcast. <laughs> but my mom was always one of them who kind of would use that kind of tactic of gaslighting almost. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? So just diminish what she do to the situation, contribute to the situation, and then she'll talk about what. I do, or or talk about what my brothers and them do and stuff like that. I will turn back and say, "Well, you contributed that we didn't drop out of your womb with that attitude." Oh God! <laughs> no, but you're right. You're absolutely right because I feel like a lot of um mothers, um single mothers especially. Sorry to say, yeah. Uh, they uh they promote misogyny and they promote um toxic masculinity within their sons because they've had to build this mother and father role to them and they've had to work so hard so very hard in their life to support their children to support themselves they may not have had the best um scripts developed for their children and their sons just end up being somebody who is you just don't understand how a woman could have raised this child basically you know (laughs) you're just like wow you know but Women can't call out men on bad behavior is where I'm trying to get at. But when a man does it in a gender fair way, of course, you know, persons are more likely to be persuaded. The a confrontation intended to change attitudes and behavior has more impact when it comes from a perceived similar, in other words, a man-to-man conversation, calling out bad behavior. When you remain a bystander to the shitty behaviors of other men, you're allowing the behavior to be reproduced. You're allowing and you're continuing internalized misogyny, homophobia, and self-hate for your gender. Encourage other men to reflect on the things that they say. Ask them, why would they even say or think such things like that to begin with? We even pull them aside privately. Yeah, and, and when you, you ask them, Oftentimes you realize it's not them talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pain body talking. It's the wounded inner child talking. It's the the child who was denied a voice for so long. And oftentimes you realize this is a cry for help. Right? This is this is something that's much deeper. And I had a conversation with the man who is currently in this room. Because I needed a little discussion. And he raised an important point to my attention when Cheryl talked earlier about creating a safe space. He mentioned that safe spaces for men can potentially turn into 
uh, areas for violation and exploitation. So I'm not here to tell you to have a safe space for men. I'm telling you to hold space for men. So what does that mean? Holding space is the process of witnessing and, you know, validating someone else's emotional state, but also being conscious and present of your own. So, you know, this goes back to the discussion on vulnerability. It goes beyond just listening. It requires you to show empathy to what the other person is going through, not just making the situation about you or trying to fix the problem. I'm going to say that again. It requires you to show empathy, right? You're not, you're not going to be some stiff robot listening to your brethren talk about how his family life is falling apart and he doesn't know what to do. You need, if that is really your friend, you will feel a type of way for that person and express that to them. Let them know you are here for them. Because when you hold space, you're creating an outlet for the other person to just release their emotions and say what they're feeling without the interference of fear or judgment. For example, you might call out a friend on for like making homophobic jokes towards another person and he might later come and tell you that he himself is struggling with his sexuality holding space is so important it does (laughs) because it gives it's important because it gives validation to the other person yeah Yeah. hatred and anger and prejudice is oftentimes self-hate right so Listen to your friend when he makes those inappropriate jokes. Listen to the deeper meaning. Where's, there's, there's some sort of truth that he's coming from with it. It may be his truth. It may be his own pain body speaking, his own inner hurt talking. And let me be clear on something. You do not need to agree with someone to 100% validate them. Time. Yeah, you don't need to agree with somebody to validate them. Because holding space just allows for open conversation without scrutiny, without shame. Yeah. But like you I, also, sorry, but you also don't need to fix a person's problem. Yeah. You can just be there. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. Because I know that if I come to y'all with a problem, not all the times when I there feeling sorry for myself, you going and feel sorry for me, right? Because you may tell me, while you may empathize with the situation, you may tell me that I am wrong, right? I'm wrong for thinking in a particular way. And I'm wrong for doing this thing. But you're not going to shame me for it. You're just going to be like, okay, this happened. And I'm letting you know that this wasn't okay. This wasn't right. That's my own personal opinion. But this isn't about me right now. This is about you, right? This is about validating your emotions and making you feel better. Women have safe spaces. So why can't men have safe spaces too? Yeah. So I, um my bad. But no, go ahead. Yeah, I them safe spaces though. I can't remember what video it was, but I think it was Jubilee. It was one of them videos where oh, you had Jubilee. You cringe fest. <laughs> I agree, but it had one where I think Abba and Preacher react to where it was like one with the men, I think it was men's rights versus women's rights. Yeah. And throughout the whole like while both um size was explaining certain topics and stuff like that. Like I just hearing how the women's movement, they like like the women, they like they're so dismissive yeah. almost. And they they like why men need a need a way to call it. And I was like, What? I, <laughs> No, one literally quantum will say that like she was like, why would you need that? Yeah, seem like funky dory fine. <laughs> good thing, good in the hood. And I was like, I I did like no. How you know out of what touch mean? can you be, bro? For real. And you claim well, to the extent we were you, out of touch too. I, I would admit true. I'm rusty. <laughs> I mean, I I am not admit too is when I started to watch more male sometimes women you need to kind of explore your territory a bit and kind of watch like more male channels not the ones and them who's players and clearly they and 
you, you know the cringe fest once. You know, you know the once. By the like a, a little urban preach. Um, them guys are good channel. I recommend. Um, love that man. Love for, them too. Love them too for love real. Love them too. Um, you have a couple others I can't really see actually because I kind of know going into yeah, not that doing field. little interest. So it had this guy called I think it was me- mediocre tutorials. He seemed very he seemed fair enough actually with his critiques when it comes to reacting like to situations where women kind of, I not gonna like, where women, I sit on there like, yeah boy, that woman in the wrong day boy, if not more wrong, mm, you understand what I'm saying? And it makes you so, reflect on the issues that you may have had in yourself as well because yep. I, doing the research for this topic today, I realized that there are gender biases everywhere when yep. it comes to women and men. Certain things that are just not talked about. And one of those things that the research keeps brushing over is not only mental's, men's mental health, sorry, but it's also the expectations of men mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. women perpetuate that. Men have been just been conditioned to be silent bearers of pain and abuse. And they have just been taught to just get over it and move on. But their inner child has been wounded and silenced over and over again and it has turned and created into a lot of toxic misogynistic angry traumatized individuals who just think life is unfair and they've been dealt a bad hand but your feelings are valid mental health is not a girl's thing it's not for crazy people it's not for sissies it's for everyone and it's mm-hmm. for you too. Bridge. Because I know you're hurting. I know you're upset. So I will make the same recommendations on this episode that I would on any episode. All great men in history have had journals. There's nothing girly or effeminate about writing down how you feel every day and finding out why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Talk to yourself the way you talk to your brethren. Personalize it to you, you know? Self-reflection in of your course. own time. Nothing wrong with talking to yourself a little bit. Once you're in answering yourself, you're good. You're in the clay. I right? suppose. <laughs> I suppose. You're in the clay. <laughs> Journaling is an excellent tool to release pent-up emotions and turmoil that you may not be quite ready to share with another person. So back to what I was talking about with vulnerability, you might be like, well, there's nobody around me that I feel comfortable enough to so share to that. Myself. So let me... Write it down. Type yeah. it down. Yeah. Do an audio. Write yep. down how you feel every single day for a week. It doesn't have to be in-depth. It's just, today I feel irritable. Today I feel angry. Today I feel just, uh, I'm losing my temper a lot. And after seven days, look back on your moods. And then you might realize there's a pattern here. I've been consistently angry for the last seven days. Why? Meditate. God forbid you take 10 minutes out of your day when you're not eating, sleeping, <laughs> gaming, stressing, farting, your balls. farting. Straight farting. Just straight farting. Just dedicate. Dedicate time to yourself. Just be present and explore your inner world. Yeah, validate your own emotions. You are safe in your mind. Invest in therapy if you can. Do not be afraid to reach out to professional help if you feel like you need it. Remember, you are doing this for you. And finally, do shadow work. So what, going back to what I was saying on journaling and reflecting on the journal, shadow work is basically finding out that all pain has a root. You may not remember where or when this anger may have started, but you can shadow, do shadow work and it can give you a good start on how to trace it back. While I would love to go into more details on shadow work, journaling, meditation, all that good shit. I, I'm not here to spoon feed you, right? I'm not do here to breastfeed you. Do the work. <laughs> you, you see, it's not my job to fix you. I'm just here to give you the tools for you to fix yourself. One eight hundred, Billa man. Oh, 
here to fix you. I just here to give you the tools for you to fix yourself. It's not your partner's job to fix you. So relieve them of that burden for a little bit. This podcast not going to change you. Nor is a 12-minute TED Talk on YouTube, right? <laughs> you need to change you. Yep. Going back to the Gillette commercial, let's rebrand it. Instead of the best men can be, how about we just start off by just being the best man you can be? Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you think this was a sign, it's a fucking sign. Get off your ass and do some work. Sharon and Melissa, I was so happy to have you here. <laughs> this was the best conversation. We just like to reiterate, we love men. We love men. So much. <laughs> we love men. And we're here to support our kings today. And happy belated International Men's Day, if nobody didn't wish you that. I think by the time this episode comes out, honestly, it'll be like about three weeks late. <laughs> but it's okay. We're going to appreciate you. You matter and your feelings. And... I just want to give one last disclaimer that while everybody in this room has degrees in psychology, we are not licensed psychologists, mm-hmm. nor practitioners in Whoop. the field. So therefore, if you feel like you need help, do not be afraid to reach out to a friend, a loved one, or even me on my Instagram at Pisces, shameless promotion, <laughs> to get the help that you deserve. We out! Oh.